You are listening to an Elam Christian Center podcast. We hope that you are inspired, encouraged, and empowered by the message you are about to hear. Well, Kilda Church, welcome. So good to have you here with us this morning. So good to see so many uh, beautiful, happy, smiling faces. And it's just my uh, joy to be able to be here this morning. Thank you, Elam. This is Elam, everybody. She's amazing. Um, her name is actually Elam, for those who are wondering. Um, <laughs> which is very, very cool. Elam, who goes to Elam, plays bass at Elam, serves the Lord at Elam, does Elam. So cool. Hey, uh, welcome to our, all, our online campus. Botany, can we put our hands together one more time for the bo- online campus? So many good people joining us there. Um, so cool to be able to still do, have church for anybody, wherever they are along the journey. And um, uh, it was great. I was in here last week just with our team there. They've been through a massive tragedy as a campus. And so I was there just supporting them and encouraging them. Bex is actually away today. She is in Palmerston North of all places. She's preaching at a women's conference down there this weekend. So just pray for her uh, and pray for me because I'm solo dadding it at the moment. Um, it's only one night, but please, Lord, come. Um, we are working our way down the Ten Commandments. Number 10 all the way down to number one. And if you're just joining us this week on the series, you can go back and listen to the podcast. You can find it on the app. You can go to our YouTube channel. It's all there. I really would encourage you to go back and watch them because it's a really cool journey as we go on this together, exploring God's 10. And today, friends, coming in at number six on God's top 10, we have Do Not Murder. Wow. In Exodus 20, verse number 13, says this, you shall not murder. I feel like of all the sermons I've ever preached, this is the most self-explanatory. <laughs> Band, you guys can come. We're going to pray. We're going to head home early today. We're going to get ready for the Warriors homecoming this, this afternoon at four o'clock. It's like, what do you say? The sermon is done. Don't kill people. Don't go around murdering people. That's it's pretty self-explanatory, but actually there's a whole lot more to it than meets the eye. God says, like, this is the line I don't want you to cross. Don't murder people. Like, of, of, of the rules and the boundaries and the guidelines I'm giving you in your life, this is a line I don't want you to cross. You know, as Christians, we believe that God is the giver of life. Life is a gift from God. God is the giver of life and eternal life is also a gift from God. And because God is the giver of life, I believe that all life at every stage is sacred to God. And murder is defined as the unlawful, unjust, premeditated killing of one human being by another. It's one person unjustly taking the life of another innocent person. Do not Murder. It's pretty simple. Don't go around murdering people, church. If that was on your to-do list this afternoon, can I encourage you? Don't do that. But then it gets slightly complicated because Jesus comes on the scene. And what Jesus does is he takes a couple of the commandments that we read about in the book of Exodus and he takes them and he lifts them to a whole nother level. He takes them and he ups the ante. He lifts the standard. And we saw that last week with the message that Pastor Mike preached uh, phenomenally on thou shalt not commit adultery. Actually, Jesus says, if you, the, the, the Old Testament, the word says that if you um, don't commit adultery, but I say to you, if you even look with lust in your eye, you've committed adultery in your heart. So Jesus takes this commandment and he goes, that's cool, but we're going to go another level. 
And he does the same with this commandment. He says it like this in Matthew 5, 21. You've heard it said, um, it, sorry, you've heard it that it was said to the people long ago, you shall not murder, and anyone who murders will be subject to judgment. But I tell you that anyone who is angry with a brother or sister is subject to judgment. Wow. Jesus takes it and he goes a whole nother layer, a whole nother level. He lifts the standard from murder to anger. He says, again, anyone who says to a brother or sister, rakah, and we're gonna explore that word later on, is answerable to the court. And anyone who says, you fool, is in danger of the fire of hell. Wow. Jesus is saying here that anger and murder have the same judgment. He takes murder and he adds to it a whole nother layer. And he says, you know what? We're actually gonna go deeper than this. We're gonna go to potentially what is the root cause of murder, which is anger. This crazy, this issue of anger is really interesting because anger at its core is not life-giving, it's life-taking. That's why Jesus equates them together because anger is not constructive, it is destructive. And anger, to live a life full of anger, friends, is not God's intended best for you. It's not God's plan for your life and it does not align with God's top 10, God's 10 best principles and ways, God's laws for your life. You shall not murder, but you also shall not live with anger in your heart because the two are worthy of the same judgment. Now, when it comes to anger, I've noticed there's two types of people in the room. Now, when I say these, don't look at your spouse. <laughs> Just a word of warning, okay? If you do look at your spouse, you may wanna go and listen to the relationships panel we did last Sunday night. It's on the podcast. It'll help you figure this out. There's two types of people. There's the bottle-ups and there's the blow-ups. When it comes to anger, there's the bottle-ups or the blow-ups. Now, the blow-ups have no qualms expressing the anger that they feel. They will blow up at this a drop of a hat. They are like the volcano ready to blow. Picture the scenario, you're driving in Auckland traffic and someone cuts you off. The blow up will quickly let that person know how naughty they've been, won't they? And you all good Christians in the room, I know you don't do this, but you've probably seen it. Someone cuts someone off in traffic. There are hand gestures that get waved. There are words that, what's wrong with you, you idiot? Would you get your license? The back of a Weepix box. <laughs> Learn to drive, person. <laughs> Non-gender specific, person. <laughs> then there's the bottle ups who take that emotion along with every other emotion in their life and they suppress it down deep down into the core of their being, hoping it will never come out again. And so when they get cut off in traffic, this is what they do. Oh yeah, sure, cut on in. It's fine, I'm fine. It's fine, just come on in, there's a spot for you. Oh no, 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 break suddenly for no reason. That's absolutely fine. I'm totally cool with that. Then something random little will come and then boom they blow up as well, because they are both destructive. They will both end up causing some kind of destructive behavior. One is immediate, one is delayed, but they're both destructive. And so I wanna focus on this whole idea today because probably I'm gonna, I'm gonna go out there on a limb and take a wild guess that there's probably not a whole bunch of people in the room today who are intending on murdering somebody. I'm just, it's probably the church down the road who needs that message. But I would say that probably within this room, there's a bunch of people who are struggling with anger. 
And if we're all honest, we all at times will struggle with this issue of anger. And I want to take the words of Jesus seriously here and go, hey, you know what? Jesus is equating the same judgment to both anger and murder. And I want to explore that today. If we're going to live according to God's number six, thou shalt not murder, we have to deal with the issue of anger. And I want to deal with that today. I want to give us some ideas and some thoughts of how we can live a life free from anger. Are you ready? Okay, number one, here we go. Here's my thoughts for you. First thing is this, if you want to overcome anger, number one, push pause. Push pause. As I was writing this message, I thought to myself, um, like, when do I get angry? Like, what makes me angry as a person? I thought to myself, you know what, Steve, you're a pretty chilled out person. Not a lot makes you angry. I, I literally, I was sitting there going, I don't think I get angry about much stuff. I'm very relaxed. I'm very laid back. I don't get angry about a lot of stuff. And I was thinking to myself, what makes me angry? I could not think of anything. So I called my wife. <laughs> and I said, babe, I'm writing this message about anger. And I'm kind of, I'm trying to use some examples and some thoughts. And I can't really think of anything that makes me angry. Like, do you have any examples? That was my first mistake. <laughs> She said, well, eating noises make you angry. They do. People who park poorly, that makes you angry. People who leave, who leave food in the sink, that makes you angry. When the kids leave their lights on and their curtains pulled all day, that makes you angry. Bad traffic often gives you road rage. Kids not listening, that makes you angry. When technology doesn't work, you get really angry. When people ask dumb questions, you get angry. I was like, love you, bye, 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 bye. <laughs> See, this list is making me angry right now. <laughs> we all experience anger. We all do. And what I've learned is that one of the best things you can do when you start to feel yourself get angry is push pause. Stop. Slow down. Don't go any further with what you're thinking about doing. Listen, push pause on sending that angry email or text message at 11 o'clock at night. No one woke up the next morning thinking, I made a great decision last night. That decision has brought life to me and to others. No one has sat there thinking, that angry phone call I made when I was all worked up and heated, that has done the job. That's been amazing. My life and my relationships are stronger because of that action. James 1, 19 to 20 says this, my dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone, not some people, everyone, should be quick to listen. This is the pathway for anger. Watch this. Quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. Because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. Right here, James is saying, listen, when, you, when it's starting, you're getting worked up, push pause. Be slow to speak. Be like slow down, be slow to speak, quick to listen and quick to get angry. Here's what we often do. We're quick to get angry. We're quick to say something about it. And then we're really slow to listen at the end because we made a mistake. And that's the pathway of anger is that we get, we, something fires us up, something sets us off, something makes us angry. So in our anger, we spurt something out, we say something harsh, we respond out of that anger with our language, and then we make a train wreck of it, and then we find ourselves later on sitting there going, okay, I'll listen, I'm sorry. Let me figure it out. Here's what James says. We've got to pause that response and first be quick to listen. Be slow to speak. So in other words, shh. When you're angry, shh. I know it's really hard, but shh, 
Stop, pause, listen. Why do you need to listen? Why? Because you need context. You need understanding. Something's made you angry. Someone's made you angry. Why? What's going on? What's going on for them? What's happening in their life? What's the context of what's going on in this moment? Help me get wisdom and understanding and help me dive into what they're experiencing, what I'm experiencing. Let me remove myself from it for a little while and rather than try and in anger say what I wanna say, let me hear what's going on for them in that moment. Let me get the information because once you understand, once you have wisdom, once you have information, it mutes the anger response because now you have context. So don't speak, just listen for a while. And you'll watch how the anger response starts to diminish in your life. Ephesians 4.26, in your anger, do not sin. You're going to get angry. Don't worry about it. It's okay. You're going to get angry. But don't sin in your anger. Don't allow that to grow and become an action that you don't want to do. It says, don't let the sun go down while you are still angry. Wonderful advice for married couples right here. Wonderful advice for those who are in relationship. Don't let the sun go down. If you're angry, pause, deal with it. Pause, deal with it. Hey, don't, don't let this fester. Don't let this sit. Don't let this get legs in a life of its own. Instead, stop. Let's deal with this. Let's listen to each other. Let's speak. Let's get, let's get understanding along the way. And then, then we can go to sleep and sleep peaceful. Because otherwise the devil gets a little foothold in that. And then it starts to become something bigger than you don't want it to be. Listen, if anger is an issue for you, if you're sitting here thinking, man, anger is an issue for me. I struggle with it and it's something that's going on. Can I suggest for you that you push pause for a while and ask yourself the question, why am I getting angry? Why am I getting so angry about these things? Why are these little things setting me off? And why am I becoming such an angry person? There's a reason that you've become that way. Maybe you've believed a lie. Maybe you've got hurt. Maybe you've got baggage. Maybe you need to see a counselor, talk to a pastor, join a small group and start getting freedom for your journey as you walk this with some people along the way. God has called you to be a giver of life. So push pause, figure it out, get some understanding and move forward into God's best for your life. Push pause. Second thought is this, give grace. Give grace. Um, this is a little confession, but um, from time to time, Bex and I will enjoy watching a reality TV show, like from start to finish. Those just trashy reality TV shows where it's just a whole bunch of interpersonal drama and just figuring stuff out. It's really fascinating to watch as a pastor, just seeing how people behave and what happens. But often, uh, inevitably, there's drama in these things. And I watch these shows, and it amazes me how many people blame their poor behavior on their personality. I'm just a fiery person. This is who I am. I'm just... I'm just an angry person. I'm just, I, listen, I'm, I'm opinionated and I'm not afraid to speak my mind. That's just who I am. I'm just an obnoxious kind of person. I just, I'm quite an abrasive person. That's just my personality. That's, I've just got a short fuse. That's just who I am. Friends, we end up blaming bad behavior on personality. Listen, it's not your personality. Being mean and being angry is not a personality trait. I've done a whole bunch of different personality profiles. I never see angry person as one of the, you're a sanguine, you're a choleric, you are angry. 
what happens is they blame their behavior, like their behavior on a personality thing and it ends up destroying relationships. It ends up destroying uh, the, the people, interpersonal relationships around them. It's not a personality trait. But if your anger has become such a part of who you are that it's just who you are, it's just part of who I am, can I suggest you yet to discover the powerful, life-giving power of forgiveness? If you've just become an angry person in and out, you're yet to discover the power of forgiveness. Forgiveness is this wonderful, wonderful gift. It's this wonderful thing that you and I can do to break the bonds of anger off our life. Ephesians 4.32 says this, Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other just as in Christ God forgave you. When you find yourself riddled with anger or a response is always coming out at an angry level, you're always responding to people with anger, there's something deep there, there's a wound there, there's a hurt there that you haven't yet forgiven. And it's causing you to respond out of that place of anger and hurt. And when you've been wronged and you're gonna get wronged, and when you get hurt and you're gonna get hurt, when you've been abused or something like that has gone on in your life, we must engage in the hardest decision a human ever has to make, forgiveness. You have to make that decision that I'm gonna forgive. Otherwise, anger will become a root in you and you will start to live your life out of that place. It's not who you are. It's not your personality. It's not your makeup. It's not how God designed you to be. It's not God's best for your life. Forgiveness has the power to evict anger from the home of your heart. Forgiveness is this, friends. Forgiveness is not excusing behavior. Forgiveness is not affirming behavior. Often people confuse this. They think, oh, if I forgive them, it means what they did was okay. No, it does not. Forgiveness does not welcome that person back into your life. Forgiveness doesn't stay in an abusive situation. Forgiveness does not say what you did was okay. Forgiveness is the canceling of a debt. The debt that you are owed for the pain that was caused to you, you don't owe me that anymore. That I'm sorry, that I was wrong, that forgive me, that that should never have happened to you. Please, I'm I'm so sorry that I hurt you. Those angry, that hand that waves when someone does cut you off, like, hey, sorry, I'm owed that hand wave, friend. That's Judah, you cut me off, you're a bad person, and you should have hand waved at me to say sorry. All those things are called a debt that you feel you're owed because you were hurt and you were wronged and someone hurt you or someone abused you or someone did something wrong to you and you're owed a sorry, you're owed an apology, you're owed a forgive me. But forgiveness is, you don't owe me that anymore. I don't need that. I forgive that debt. That is exactly what God did for us in Christ. The debt that you owed for your sin, God says, you don't owe me that debt anymore. I forgive the debt. It's paid, it's done. You no longer owe me that. And that is the gesture, that is what God asks of each of us to do for those in our lives that hurt us. If we can't do that, we will have a root of anger that takes hold in our life and every reaction, every response, every outworking is gonna come from that place of anger. Friends, you've got to grasp the power of forgiveness to get beyond anger. Like I said, Forgiveness evicts anger from the home of your heart. You no longer need the payment of the debt. You can move on in your life not needing that sorry. I forgive the debt. I don't need the sorry. I don't need need that I was wrong. I don't need the acknowledgement. I forgive you. I'm not excusing you. I'm not welcoming you back. I'm just saying you don't owe me anymore. 
Forgiveness releases you from such a burden. And forgiveness, friends, is the higher calling of the Christian. To be a Christian is to live a life of forgiveness. And to live number six, I want to encourage you, friends, be a giver of grace. Be a giver of grace. If someone hurts you, guess what? It's not because they're bad, it's because they're broken. And you have to be willing to say, you know what? I'm going to extend grace to you because you're broken just like me. And, and you hurt me, but I know you didn't mean to. I know it's not intentional. I know it's only coming from a place of brokenness yourself. So I'm going to be an extender of grace. When your spouse says that thing to you that makes you angry, it's not because they hate you. It's because maybe they're broken and you're a bit broken too. So extend, give grace. Give grace for the journey. Give grace to your spouse, your kids, your colleagues. Forgiveness is an incredibly powerful thing. Ben, you guys can join me. My last thought is this. If we're going to live according to God's number six, number three, speak life. Speak life. Over the past few months, I've been um, in training for a CrossFit competition. Now, I, I competed in that CrossFit competition last Friday, which was um, a whole lot of fun and, and crazy. And last Sunday, I was very sore. It was, uh, it was a brutal thing. But I've been training for it for like two or three months, just really leading up to the competition and getting ready. And, and, and so I've been trying to get really fit. I've been trying to get really strong. I've been like watching my eating because I want to be at the best I can possibly be for the competition. And, and um, so, you know, monitoring everything and training heaps through the week and stuff like that. And so trying to get strong, trying to get fit. And I was at the gym literally two weeks ago. So just before the competition, I was, I was there. And this person, this, I was at the, looking at the whiteboard with the coach, talking about the session and stuff like that. And this very well-meaning gym member walks up to me and goes, Steve, wow, you're looking really small. And I thought to myself, of all the things to say to a, to a guy in the gym who's trying to be fit and strong, of all the words to choose. You chose small. I can think of a whole lot more life-giving words. Fit. Athletic. Lean. Small. Ladies, if your man's going to the gym, Small is not the right word. (laughs) I'm sorry. A proverb came to mind. (laughs) But I kept that one to me. But words, words can have a lot of power, a lot of meaning. Actually, Proverbs 18.21 says this, the tongue is the power of life and death. And those who love it will eat its fruit. The tongue is really powerful. And the words you speak can really make a difference, positively or negatively. And angry words are bitterly destructive. And that's the power of what you speak. And Jesus spoke in this commandment and he says, he says this, he says, if any of you says rakah to your brother or sister, you are in line for judgment. And that word rakah, it means empty headed or fool. Or like in today's age, like, you're an idiot. 
You're stupid. What's wrong with you? Have you got a brain? Can't you think? And, and that word rakah also, in a harsh and contemptuous way, it can also mean, I wish you were never born. Or rather that you were dead. Wow. You know, when you're angry, you can say stuff. You're an idiot. You're a fool. What a waste of space. What a waste of time. You're nobody. You're nothing. You're a this, you're a that. And when you're on the receiving ends of words like that, they cut, they hurt, they wound, and they attack the call and the nature of God in somebody. You are created, what we call the Imago Dei, the, the divine, in God's divine image, the image of God. You're a bearer of the image of God. And when you attack someone with angry words in that way, you are attacking the image of God. I wish you were never born. You're attacking God's creative power and His, God's call on a life that He created and He called and He made. And you're saying God made a mistake. You're attacking the very nature and call of God on somebody. And I wonder how many people in this room right now are still bearing wounds of words like that spoken over your life with someone in anger or someone from your past, a teacher, a husband, a loved one, a father, a mother, a grandparent, a sibling has said some words to you that have really hurt and really wounded. And, and when you... When you hear a word like that, you're an idiot, you fool, you're stupid, you'll never amount to anything, you're, you're useless, those angry words. When you receive that, something in you dies a little. And that's the power, that's why Jesus is equating anger and angry words with the same as murder. Because when you say that to someone, you kill something on the inside of that person. You kill a hope, you kill a dream, you kill a calling, you kill a future, you take away confidence, you kill something on the inside. Hope, belief, James 3 says this, the tongue's a small part of the body, but it makes great boasts. Consider what a great forest is set on fire by a small spark. Now, one little angry word can burn down hope and vision and future and calling and confidence in somebody else. So how you speak, how you and I speak to our spouse, our loved ones, our friends, our family member, our colleagues, our pastors, our small group leaders, how we speak to one another is really important. It's really important. It really does matter. And I wanna encourage every single person here today to make a determination from, that, from this day forth, you will be a speaker of life. You'll be a speaker of life, not death. Not letting angry words cut somebody, but build them up. Don't be a destructor, be a constructor. I'm gonna build you up. I want when people are around me that they feel 10 feet tall and bulletproof. I wanna, I wanna put encouragement in you, I wanna put courage in you, I don't wanna destroy you, I don't wanna pull you down, I wanna make sure you know who you are in God and what God has on your life and I wanna put the goodness and the grace and the life and the hope of God in you. So let's be a church that determines we're gonna be givers of life with our words. Here's a great challenge, am I doing that with my, with my kids? Am I giving them life or am I just critical of them all the time? That's a challenge for me, because kids are frustrating. <laughs> I love them, but I'm like, what's wrong with you? So I've got to make sure, hey, when I'm speaking, I'm speaking life. My spouse, with my 
colleagues, with my co-workers, how am I living with these words? Friends, if you wanna live according to number six, push pause, give grace, and speak life to people. That thou shall not murder. Let's be people, let's be givers of life. Can I pray for you, church? Let's bow our heads for a moment. Father, I, I pray for each of us here, each of us in the room and those with us online. I pray you'd help us to be a church that is a church full of life. Help us to live according to this great commandment. Help us to live at the higher level, not just not murdering, but Lord, not living with anger. And Father, I pray that for each of us, you would keep us accountable, Holy Spirit. You'd lead us, you'd sharpen us, you'd guide us. Help us to live according to your word. Church, I wanna pray for you today, real specifically. Um, just while every eye is closed and head bowed, if you, if you know you've got an issue with anger, if you know that anger is, like a, is a thing for you, I wanna pray for you. Because I, I believe not just in nice words, but I believe in the power of God. And I know that my words can help you and encourage you, but I know that the power of God can break chains off your life. So I want to pray for you today if you know you, you struggle with anger. And really, really quickly, this is going to be like a two-second hand up, hand down thing, because I just want you to indicate to me that that's me, and I want you, because you want me to pray for you, okay? So if you know, you got, no one's looking around, absolutely no one, I promise you, no one is looking around except me. If you, if you struggle with anger, really quick, one, two, three, hand up real, real high, awesome, okay? I see you, see you, see you, see you, okay, hands down now, great. Awesome, you, can I just say to you, friend, if you raise your hand, you are not alone. Father, I thank you for the courage and boldness of those people just to say, yes, that's me. I thank you for the power of your Holy Spirit. I thank you that we don't just come here to preach good words, but we move in the power and the anointing of God. So right now, Holy Spirit, I pray, move in the lives of those people. Free them from the burden. Free them from the bondage of anger right now in the name of Jesus. Break every chain. Forgive. Give grace. Lord, help them, O oh God, to do what you're calling them to do. We break off every wound, every hurt, every bit of baggage from their past that is causing them to be angry. I pray, help them, Lord, to forgive those who've wronged them. I pray, help them to receive your grace to themselves. And I pray, oh God, that you would put your spirit so firmly on the inside of them that they would be renewed from the inside out, born again in this area, that they would be a people that speak and live life in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Really quickly, I want to pray for one more group of people. If you're here today in this room and you don't know Jesus, or maybe you've never made a decision to follow Him, maybe you have, but you're honest and say, Steve, my life is very far from God today. Maybe this is the first time you've been back in church in a long while. I want to pray for you today. I want to invite you to start a journey with God. Truth is, friends, God loves you. God made you. God's got a great plan for your life. We all mess up. We all fall short of God's standard. The Bible calls that sin. Our sin, it separates us from God. But God in His grace sent His own Son, Jesus, to a cross. When He died on that cross, He took upon Himself everything that you and I were due for our sin. Then He conquered death and the grave, and He rose again to new life. And He extends to every single person here today grace, forgiveness for all your wrong, freedom from your guilt and your shame, a new life that begins right here, right now. It's called being born again by the Spirit of God. 
get to walk into the plans that God has for your life. God has a plan and a purpose for you, friend. And then there's this great promise of eternity in heaven with Him. And if you're not right with God today, but you want to be, I want to invite you to pray this simple prayer with me right now. I'll pray it out loud. You don't have to pray it out loud. Just pray it in your heart with me. But when you pray it, I want you to mean it. Are you ready? I'll pray this out loud. You just follow along with me. Say these words. Say, God, today, I surrender my life to you. I know I've sinned, but I believe Jesus, you died for me. So right now, I receive your gift of grace. Forgive me of all my wrongs. Come into my life. Be the Lord of my life and make me brand new today. I choose from this moment to live for you, Jesus. Would you make me brand new today? In Jesus' name. Just with your eyes still closed and every head bowed, Really quickly, I want you to be brave. If you pray that prayer, either for the very first time or you're getting right with God, I'm gonna count to three. When I get to three, I want you to be super bold and brave. And I want you to put your hand up nice and high so I can see it, just like that other group did. I'm not gonna embarrass you. I'm not gonna stand you up. All I'm gonna do is I'm gonna see you, acknowledge you. And you can put your hand straight back down. This is the greatest decision you could ever make. I want you to take a little step of faith. Are you ready on the count of three? If you pray that prayer, one, two, Three, hands up nice and high right now. Say, Steve, there's my man. Gotcha. Thank you, brother. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Two online. Thank you so much online. Anyone else? Ma'am, I see you to my right. Thank you so much. Anyone else saying, Steve, that's me. Count me in. Online, you can click the little button that says, I raised my hand. Count me in. You can click that. Three online. Thank you so much online. You're amazing. We love you guys. Great decision. Amazing decision. Well, Father, we thank you so much for the work you're doing here in this place. And God, I pray you bless every single person who just said yes to you. May they know the full, free, and abundant life you came to give them. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, church, let's put our hands together. All those people here and online made that decision. Thank you for listening to this Elam Christian Center podcast. Please subscribe to keep hearing more life-changing messages. For more information about our church, please visit www.elamchristiancenter.org.nz